Hello, and what's up, man? This is Aiden Jones, and you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Monday, Tuesday, the 15th of June, but today's Monday. Monday, 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 Monday. How are you guys? Hope you're doing good. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I feel so good. I just have had the best day, the best weekend, and uh, the best week, the best month, the best year, the best life. Grateful. Thank you. It's truly, truly been a fantastic day. I just bought three jackets, mate. Three jackets. Um, oh, One for $42, one for $50, and one for $20. Three jackets. One of them's like a little rainproof jacket for me to ride to work. If it's raining, it's also quite warm. Just, you know, buying shit makes me feel good. It's been a beautiful day. It's been cold but clear. I've been walking around Smith Street, which yesterday was named the best street, the coolest street in the world. In the world by a bunch of white people, I reckon, because there were no streets from Africa and there was one street from Asia, but it was in Singapore, which is like the widest place in Asia. (laughs) The best street in the world. Um, Ignoring China. Wonder if there's any cool streets in China. Fuck, there's only 1.3 billion people or whatever. Uh, Probably not any cool streets though. Fuck it, Smith Street. Those those poles are so narrow-minded, aren't they? It's like, it's such an arrogant thing. It's the extension of, you know, Americans call their baseball thing the World Series and they only play people from America. And we're all like, oh my God, America's so narrow-minded and arrogant that they would call their thing the World Series. I mean, sure, but we say shit's the best thing in the world. And it's just, we're just talking about America plus Europe and maybe a few other places that, the Anglosphere has deemed close enough to us to be like, yeah, we'll fight. get Singapore in there, get Hong Kong in there, Australia, yeah, you know, maybe one place in, in fucking Africa, maybe like Kenya or South Africa, one of the former British colonies, you know, get all those in there and then everywhere else we just completely ignore. South America, that's ah, Mexico, basically. It's so fucking narrow-minded, these poles, man, the coolest street in the world. And to, I guess like, it's such an interesting thing to put out because they legitimize it. They go like it was time out, put out this thing, the coolest street in the world. Let me find the poll. I'll read a little bit of it. Dun, 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 dun. 150 heart points scored this week. Okay. Who's that for fucking white people as well? Coolest street in the world, time out. Oh, God. Coolest. Yeah. Okay. No, my thing always delay. Coolest street in the world. Time out. Here we go. Here we go. Smith Street, Melbourne, Australia. Oh fuck! All right, shut up. Where's the fucking article? Oh, how's I search coolest street in the world? Time out, and CNN comes up first. Whoever's doing their fucking SEO is crushing it. Okay. Yes, you read that right. <laughs> the article's called Smith Street has been named the coolest street in the world. The lively Collingwood strip has been singled out above London, Barcelona, and LA. Right there. That's how narrow the scope is. London, Barcelona, and LA. So England, 
Spain, and America. That's two continents. They had four, they had three cities and they could only name them on two continents. Like, and I get it, this is their audience, but it's not the world, is it? It's just the people that their audience. Like, if you named four streets in China, people would be like, I don't know where the fuck that is, so I'm not even gonna whatever. But it's not the world. It's arrogant to say it's the world. It's it's the ten coolest streets in a list of cities that the people who read this magazine will know and probably have been to so they can pat themselves on the back. Because I read this and I was like, fucking hell, Aiden, you're pretty cool, man. Because I've been to like a bunch of the cities. Where's the list? Where's the list? Timeout's coolest street in the world list. And how's that for advertising as well? They've got a separate article announcing that Smith Street is the coolest one and then another article that's got the list. So you have to go to two articles on timeout so they can go, look how good we are, buy ads on our fucking site. Why am I upset about this when I've just had a great week and a great day and now I'm just here bitching about an article? But let's keep going. One, Smith Street, Melbourne. Two, Passage de Saint-Joan, Barcelona. Now, I've like I've been to Barcelona. I don't know what that is. I, the Passage de Saint-Joan, de Saint P-A-S-S-E-I-G. I read that and I was like, oh, that's in Catalan. They have a different language in Barcelona. I knew that. That's one point for me. I'm on two from two. <laughs> three, South Bank, London. Yeah, I've been there. Three from three. I've even had a nice memory there. I remember in like 2015... I was seeing this girl that I really liked at the time and then I was I spent a day, she had like sent me this song and I was like listening to the song in my headphones, just walking around South Bank, running around because I was excited because I thought I was in love and like just spent some time there. I have a memory there. Also, I have an opinion about South Bank. I, I don't think that's actually the coolest street in London if you want my opinion. So I reckon that's two points. So far, I'm four points from three. San Isidro, Havana. Yeah, all right. Never been there. Communists. Don't care. Four from four. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, LA. Never been there, but I know some stuff about it because I listen to comedy podcasts. Half a point. Four and a half from five. Witte de Vithstraat, Rotterdam. You know what? I've been to Rotterdam and it's not even the capital of the Netherlands. That's Amsterdam. So Rotterdam is like a bee city, but that's why it's so cool. That's a point. Five and a half from six. Rua Tres Rios in Sao Paulo. Haven't been there. But Brazil is ruled by that Bolsonaro cunt who doesn't believe in climate change or coronavirus. So I reckon Time Out loses half a point. Half a point? I reckon they lose a whole point for having that on there. So they're not on seven anymore. They're on five. They were on six. They lose half a point. <laughs> so I'm on... Five and a half out of five. I'm still, I'm cooler than time out so far. Hadji Lane, Singapore, been there. Six and a half out of six. Rua Rodriguez de Faria, Lisbon. Don't know where it is, but I've been to Lisbon. Fuck you. Seven and a half out of seven. And the last one is Kaya Thames in Buenos Aires. And I spent my 21st birthday in Buenos Aires. So that is seven and a half out of eight. No, what? Fucking whatever I said, I'm half a point ahead. I'm cooler than timeout. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. You know, they just they they release these. Li- it's not the coolest streets in the world. It's the coolest streets that the people who read this know, and then they can measure themselves against that. And I'm like, I have, you know, been to a bunch of those places, and I fucking 
I don't know those streets even, but I can measure myself against that. They're just they're they're trying to get people to read their articles. They don't know what the coolest streets in the world are any more than I do, and I'm just some cunt. But all of that notwithstanding, they did name Smith Street the coolest street in the world, and uh, that's where I bought three jackets today. So anyway, this is running out of steam, isn't it? How the fuck are you guys? How's my week been? I'm like, how the fuck are you guys? And then the next thing I say is, how's my week been? You know what? Because I'm not talking to you. You know what? Following on from last week when I said that you should like say the thing, let's interact a little bit. How's your week been? Great. (laughs) Hold up. Having a sip of tea. Oh, God, that is good. Oh, that's just warmed my chest right up. Last week on Tuesday, after I did the pod, uh, hung out with my girlfriend. Made uh, I made Reuben sandwiches. You know, you can. Um, I didn't know like the meat in Reuben. It's salt beef, corn beef, not salt beef, corn beef. And uh, you get a big chunk of beef, and you fucking like stew it you put it in water and you put like it comes from peppercorns you put peppercorns in there and big salt you know crystals that like they're kind of like corns i don't know i guess whatever you put salt and pepper you put vinegar uh one recipe said you can put beer i put some rosemary i put some garlic uh, uh, onions chuck that in there for like three hours it dries the beef out you cut it in slices put sauerkraut i didn't put sauerkraut but i made my own little russian dressing which is like mayo horseradish tomato sauce i put a bit of chili sauce in there bit of paprika salt pepper chuck that on your bread and uh, i just put the other the onion that i like stewed up with the with the beef in there instead of sauerkraut they were great man and a bit of uh um Swiss cheese. I got emmental. I got two slices of emmental and I put that either side of it. And me and my housemate and my girlfriend had some fucking Reuben sandwiches, man. It was sick on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, I worked with the, I reckon my favorite guy that I've met through that I've worked with. Oh, I shouldn't have said the name of the place that I work at. Damn it. God, how long did I make it without saying the name? Like five months? Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, well, maybe I'll get fired. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I worked with this great dude. We just like, we were just clicking. Like sometimes you get in the truck at the start of the day and the conversation is a little bit difficult and it eases up through the day. You find a, like you, you kind of find out a little bit about each other and you're kind of feeling each other out a bit. I've said it before. It's like dating for blokes it's like speed dating for blokes you know you work with a guy never met him before you meet him you talk you fucking um sorry i just got distracted because my housemate just came in you meet him you talk you lift furniture together you have heartfelt conversations well it's yeah it's that so i met this guy and um straight away it was just like good like immediately i started this new thing where i've got a bunch of jars at home I'm trying to keep shit in jars. It's been, lockdown's been tough. Um, and I got a jar that has like a little, cl- like, you know, a metal clasp or whatever. What do you call that? Like the latch that shuts the jar. 
Um, my mate gave me some homemade like grown and then pickled like olives, brined olives, right, that he'd made in this jar and I finished them. And then uh, I, uh, it's like a bit, it's like probably the size of like two, you know, when you're a kid and they tell you put two fists together and that's the size of your brain. It's probably, the jar is probably as big as my brain. In fact, when I die and they take my brain out, surely to be studied for the marvels of modern science, I'm going to give them that jar to keep it in because I'm like, I had my fucking olives and now I've had my breakfast in this jar. Next, brains. Cut it open. Ugh. Anyway, so I've been, yeah, I've been keeping, I've been like, I was like, I'm going to start having breakfast for work. I'm going to start bringing my own breakfast. Bit of granola, bit of uh, sultanas, mixed nuts, fruits, and yogurt in the jar. And um, you can like shut it, keep it in the fridge overnight, and then just take it to work. And uh, I said that to the guy. We started work and I pulled it out. It was my first day with my new breakfast routine. And I was like, check this out, bro. Look, got a new breakfast. And he was like asking me questions about it. And the conversation was flowing. And then we just got straight into it, man. We were just talking about life and our things were connecting. And we did a move for someone. It went all right. The second move we did, oh my God. I shouldn't have said the name of the company because now I'm going to talk about one of the people that we moved. But it was just, it was a weird vibe in the house. I'll do it anyway. Should I beep out the name of them? Maybe I'll go back. Yes, I will. I was like three minutes. I'll be able to find it. No, it wasn't three minutes. It was 300 beats. It was nine. It was like nine minutes, 10 minutes was when I said it. 10 minutes. I remember that. Um, I want to beep out the name of my workplace. Suck shit. All you fucking stands out there. You want to come find me at work? You got to message me on Instagram and interact with me like because I'm a fucking person. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, the second move we did was just like, we get to the house, it's hoarders. There's just like a path through the house. Um, I noticed that, so we got there and immediately it was just like the mum of this household was going, oh, we, um, I was like, are you the name of the, I said the name, it could have been like a male or female name. I was like, are you blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh no, I'm not that person. No, that person has been, is the person, I'm not the person who's been living with another family for eight years, rent free in their home. And I was like, woo, (laughs) like fucking hell, man. All right. Bit of tension here. And uh, we're moving the stuff out and it's a lot of like, you know, gamer stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of gear for let's say it's a lot of gear for some dudes who don't have a lot of contact socially with other people. Let's put it like that. And um, there's just a lot of tension in the house, man. One moment I saw the 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 like father of the family. We, we were like moving things so that we could get to one of the items, and uh, the dad was like holding something, and the mum was like, "Give me that!" Like kind of snapped at him. And there was a moment when I saw like. She said that and he registered that she'd been kind of rude to him and he went to like, you know, am I going to say something? And then he just went like his shoulders slumped and he was like, oh, nah, like I'm not going to say anything. And he just handed her the thing that she had like snappily asked for. And I was like, fuck, there's the family dynamic right there, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm so judgmental. This is the thing about being let into other people's homes, man. 
I wonder how it feels to be the person who's booked the removal list. So these people are aware that we're in their homes just judging them. They got to be. <laughs> it's, I'm, st- I'm nosy as fuck, man. I'm so nosy. I'm asking all the questions. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys moving? How long you been here? Do you like it? What's this guy about? Do you like him? <laughs> you fuck it. <laughs> I want the scoop. I'm so fucking, I'm so desperate for the scoop. So greedy, greedy little boy. Mm. I couldn't bring myself to ask for it in this house. It would have been too blatant. There was no subtle way to do it, but I just... I fucking, me and my girlfriend talk about how she loves looking in people's windows when the lights are on to see what their house is like or whatever. I always make fun of her for being greedy. I'm like, you're so greedy for information about other people's lives and being nosy. But I am the same when I go to people's houses to move them. I'm like, oh my God, tell me about your life and your conflict. I don't know if I've told this story on the pod before. Maybe I have, but we moved a guy, this was ages ago, moved a guy who him and his partner had split up at the start of COVID and then they lived together in the house that they owned and had lived in since like 2006 and they lived there through COVID, did lockdown together, slept in separate rooms. And... um the the lady, it's relevant, the lady that of the couple, we were moving the guy, the lady was just a big woman, right? She was just like larger and um, we go to move the couch and the guy, we like, you know, she's left, she's not around, the lady. So we're just with the guy and we go to move the couch and he goes, oh yeah, it leans over to one side, doesn't it? You can see there. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's just like because of the way that it was like used or and he just let that hang there in the air as if to say that about to make a comment on his ex-partner's body and i'm just like this dude fucking hates her man they hate and that's why she's not there when he's moving out like this is a messy divorce what is it about that that's exciting the voyeurism of that there's something about being a witness to this intimate moment in someone's life where they're so full of resentment towards this other person that they're not even going to try and mask it. They're going to try and bring other people in to validate that resentment, to get, like, he doesn't know me and I'm just a removalist and he's still trying to get me to be like, oh, yeah, that, yes, man, you're right. That's how desperately, oh, God. The brokenness of that relationship that any any person, regardless of how small their connection to you is, their validation is like going to help you feel like you're right to get through this. Pa- oh, fuck. It's really sad, isn't it? And what is it about me that I revel in that connection with someone? Anyway, I keep, you know what, I keep thinking about... <clears throat> Uh, a mate of mine years ago said that he was in a bad relationship and in that relationship, the reason that he knew that it was bad is because they kept the the ways that they would connect were they would have these awful fights and yell at each other and then the only way that they would bond or connect or have like good conversations was when they were talking shit about other people's relationships. Like they would... Um, you know, have awful fights, draw the blinds to have these fights. That's when you know you're fucked. 
draw the blinds so they could be in their house by themselves and not look out or have anyone looking in and then they would just scream at each other. And um, he said comparing that to his like relationship that he's in now and he's very happy um, and they don't bitch about other people's relationships or speculate on how other people's relationships are failing, they look at other people's relationships and they just talk about how great it is that their friends have found people to be happy with and that's how he knows he's in a good relationship. And that has always, I've always remembered that, man, because it's a real test of how you are with yourself and how you're feeling in your life to like whether you want to whether you want to talk negatively about people or whether you want to speak positively about people around you. And uh, I guess I'm always wary of being too excited to share. I'm trying to write a bit about it at the moment about how I want to stop gossiping because I've just noticed that I've probably spoken about it on the podcast before, but when you gossip about people and talk negatively about people or like share, you know, details about someone's life in a negative way. It's you're kind of just sitting in that negativity yourself, you know, here's why I was thinking about that today. Actually, maybe you just jump around. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did that move on Wednesday, whatever. I've moved a guy that I didn't really like and I got to share it with this person who I did like. I was glad that he was there. Um, I'll finish telling that story and then I'll say why I've been about the bit that I've been writing. So, um, the guy that we moved, the final thing is they were just, they were nerds, right? And we moved them to this place and the one who had been living with this family for eight years, he was this guy, he was like the king nerd. And then his friend was like the, the beta nerd. <laughs> and, uh, the king nerd had bought this apartment in the city and the beta nerd, his friend whose family he'd been living with was moving in with him into his apartment. So the tables have turned there and um, the King Nerd's apartment that he's bought, it's already dirty. It's just like the toilet was already filthy. Oh, and it's like, this is where you're moving in. Um, that's a very personal detail that I probably shouldn't share, but fucking we're here now, aren't we? God, I'm such a little bitch. Um, and <laughs> uh, the wild thing was, and the, the reason I was so glad that I had this guy that I was like, felt like I was already friends with was we were moving all the stuff up. There were a bunch of lifts that we had to go up and we were in the lift full of all this guy's stuff with him going up the lift. And um, it was like me and this dude that I work with and then the guy that I'm moving and uh, the dude that I work with was like, oh, you know, there's pretty classic stuff. And... Um, you know, we're all stuck in the lift together, jammed in together. Oh, God, I said the name of my workplace again. 686 beats. What's that? That's like two thirds and like 23 minutes. 10 minutes and 23 minutes. Fuck. Um, and <laughs> and um, he's like, this is pretty classic stuff. We're all, you know, removal of stuff. We're all jammed in the lift, to get lift together. And King Nerd didn't really say anything. And then I just went, yeah, sometimes when we're in the lift, we kiss. And he still didn't say anything. And then he left, like, you know, it was just kind of an awkward silence. Like, I'm bombing so hard. And then he left to take some of the stuff into the apartment. And the guy just looked back at me like, oh, my God, man. And I was just, like, laughing. 
what's the point of that story? I made everyone feel awkward because I felt awkward. So I was like, I'm just going to say a thing. Maybe it'll get a laugh and break the tension. It didn't. Just made it more awkward. Anyway, the reason I'm talking about all of this and actually that this is very relevant is I'm trying to write this bit. I, I went and did a bit of writing today with the, uh, the amazing Ben Knight. Fantastic comedian. Uh, crushed it in the comedy festival this year with his show, Teacher, about being a teacher. And we went to a cafe, 8 Murray Street in Abbotsford. Big shout outs, open on the public holiday. And we did some writing. And I pitched him the, sh- the story that I have about getting fired from the job that I had earlier in the year. And the reason this is relevant to right now is because I got fired for saying stuff on my podcast, didn't I? About the job. And I was trying to be tactful. Uh, didn't say the name of the workplace or the people or the client that I was talking about, but I said some things about the client and my boss ended up saying the reason he fired me is because he could hear that I was being, that I was like, I was, um, I had a chip on my shoulder about wealth and that's the thing that I keep trying to include in the bit. I want to write, I want to tell the story of why I got fired and, um, I feel like the bit is about my resentment towards wealth and like, is that justified? The question is, is, am I justified in feeling that it's unfair that some people have more money than me? And, you know, am I justified in being able to, should I be able to just speak to that resentment and not get fired from a job? Now it's his decision whether he fires me or not from a job. Of course, it's his company. I can't take issue with him there, but morally, do I have a leg to stand on? Am I right in talking frankly about these things or should I just shut my fucking yap and keep it to myself? And um, what we were talking about and the thing that Nighty thought was really funny about the bit is, and I've not said this on the podcast before, but fuck, here we go. The reason I got fired, I reckon actually, is because I the reason I got that job was I was seeing a girl and it was her friend's company and she got me the job. And then we didn't end our, our like brief, like, you know, seeing each other. It wasn't even a relationship really, but we, when we saw each other, it didn't end well. And that brief kind of romance went sour and her friend kept listening to the podcast. I don't know. Maybe she's still listening now. Who knows? But anyway, my old boss got two messages about what I'd said. And I'm convinced that it was those two people the girl and her friend messaging him saying, Hey, look what Aiden's saying about your work. And he's talking about your business. And then he kind of felt like his hands were tied. Like, well, if they're going to tell me, then who else are they going to tell? So I need to fire this guy to make sure that I don't look like I'm taking his side. That is my reading of events. Some people will probably read that differently, to be honest. And I'm definitely, it's a very convenient reading for me because maybe he actually was. I'm sure he was also very offended by the things that I said. Whatever. I don't know. But the funny bit about the story is that there was a moment when the girl and I were still talking when uh, she used to confuse me and him, me and my boss, because she'd slept with both of us. And... Uh, there was a moment when she, she, I was, I made some joke to her and she went, oh, and said his name instead of my name. Like she was chastising me, you know, oh, Aiden. But instead of saying Aiden, she said his name, which is pretty funny, right? Because now we and me and him like work together. He's my boss and she's confusing us because she slept with both of us. What a tangled web of social intrigue. 
and uh, and then she messaged him to tell him like how funny that they confused us, and he said, "Haha, yeah, that is really funny. Who's got who's got a bigger dick?" Is what he wrote to her, and um, that's just like quite an insecure thing. And she then screenshotted that and sent that to me, like, "How funny is this? Your boss is asking me who out of you two's got a bigger dick," and I pride myself on not responding and asking like, well, who does have a bigger dick? I didn't ask because I don't, I don't care. And I thought it was weird. I didn't want that weird dynamic between me and my boss. I don't want to talk about how big my boss's dick is. I just, yeah. <laughs> call me crazy. That's not the kind of conversation that I'm looking to have. <laughs> right. And, um, then a few months later I said the thing and I got fired and it's like, I guess there's a, a, I got fired. I said that stuff and, you know, he fired me and he's got more money than me, but I'm not the one asking the girl that we've both slept with about who's got a bigger dick. That's a weirder thing. No, I still don't think it's that funny. Where I'm trying to come at with this is like, I feel like that's a funny detail. It is a funny detail that he asked that he's trying to figure out if he's got a bigger dick than me. And I don't care. Should I put that in the bit or is that too private? But I mean, these both of these people are out of my life now, but I still have an, like I got a level of respect for my boss, even though he's my former boss and he fired me. I still like the dude. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting caught up in fucking nothing here. I don't think it'll work in the bit because having said it, told the story now, doesn't feel that funny. Feels like I'm still bitter about the fact that I got fired. I can't get over it. And now I'm just trying to insinuate that I have a bigger dick than this guy. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. It hurts to get fired. It does hurt to get fired, especially from a job that you're not trying to get fired from, that you actually liked and whatever. Oh, God. Anyway, that was Wednesday. Moved that guy. Thursday, I had my nice little Thursday again. Didn't do much. Just chilled out at home. Friday, Saturday, worked. Thursday was the last day of lockdown. So Friday, <clears throat> did a gig. Oh, my God. On Friday, I did a gig at, I mean, we're just full of fucking really dumb disclosures this week, aren't we? But... I did a gig at a warehouse that was definitely illegal and I guess I shouldn't even give any more details than that but um, there's no pictures from the warehouse because that wasn't allowed but everything else is allowed there and there was a show there and it was my first gig back after two weeks and it was just fucking so good to be able to be on stage for like I did 20 minutes the guy running the show was like do as long as you want Um. I did 20 minutes. I was talking. I was scared on the way there. I was scared, one, because I was nervous to go on stage, and two, because I knew it was an illegal place. Like, it's not a registered venue. They don't have QR codes, none of that. So it's like 100% illegal to go there. But uh, they were putting on a show, and I didn't have any other spots, and I knew it was going to be a good show, so I went there. And... Um, I was still on the way there. I was walking through the back streets near the venue with my mask on 
because you're supposed to have your mask up. Even though I knew as soon as I got there, I was going to take my mask off. I was a part of me was like, well, if the cops come and like bust this venue and they see me, I'm going to have my mask on. So I'll be able to have plausible deniability. Like, oh, I was trying to do the right thing. I thought it was a bar. <laughs> Look, I've got my mask on. I just, I'm just an innocent bystander caught in the gears of history or whatever. Yeah. Um, that was amazing, man, to do that gig. And I just felt so... The contrast between fucking Friday and last night, Sunday, those gigs, night and day, man. Friday, I just... I, I was doing stuff that I... I guess I'm kind of creatively frustrated, even though gigs are coming back and I've got places to try new stuff. I feel like I don't... I don't do enough long sets. I'd like to have some 20-minute sets where I can really work things out because doing that 20-minute set on stage, I was really loose and I felt like I could open up to the audience and have a bit of time to settle in and throw some new jokes in there. But then last night I did a set at Voltaire and it's five to seven minutes. And uh, I've really noticed I have this problem where I'm so fucking closed off on stage. Like I... I had a bunch of new, I just had like a shopping list of new jokes that I wanted to try. And that's about as vulnerable as it gets. I don't have enough time to connect with the audience. I've only got seven minutes. I want to try all these jokes. But it's still, you know, it's enough time to try a bunch, but not long enough to like just open up. And so I'm just trying a bunch of stuff. And I just want these things to work. And I know I don't have an established connection with the audience because I'm maybe it's me being greedy again. Maybe I'm trying too many things, but I just, I immediately, as soon as I got on stage, I got all defensive because I was like, I hope these things work. I'm being really vulnerable by trying these things. And I like cross my arms in front of my chest and get all small and sit back in the stage. And of course the bits aren't going to work with a body language like that. I'm defensive, so they're going to be defensive. I got quiet. I'd said to myself before I got on stage, Aiden, try and raise your voice on the punchlines. Be loud. Put yourself out there. But then my body language just went closed off. And I'm just like contrasting that to Friday night at the warehouse. Even though I was scared, I had time to say, I'm scared. I'm nervous to be here. And, and let myself feel being scared. I felt my legs shaking and I like noticed that and just sat with it. Because I had time. Last night, I didn't have fucking time, man. I think next time I go on stage and try and do new stuff, I'm going to make sure I don't cross my arms. I'm going to just go really big. I'm just going to put my arms out. I'm going to have one hand with the microphone just holding it to my mouth. And the other hand, I'm just going to have it in the air like that power stance. I'm going to do a fucking power stance on stage. I'm doing it right now in my room. I'm going to stand like this and I'm going to deliver my new jokes to the audience in a powerful way because I'm a powerful man with powerful jokes. <sighs> anyway, and then today was a public holiday. I met up with my mate, Did had a, had a walk for like two hours, met up with Nighty, did some writing and bought three jackets from Smith Street in Collingwood, the coolest street in the world, according to 20-something thousand white people in Europe, Australia, and America, and maybe some other white people in like Asia and fucking Africa and whatever. <sighs> That's it, man. That's the podcast. I'm the coolest man in the world. 
I hope you guys are okay. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.